This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstiles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First Row Collectibles, if you're into nerd culture, if you're into sports memorabilia, if you're into pro wrestling memorabilia, please visit firstrow.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20. You'll get 20% off. They ship worldwide. They got everything from signed comic books to signed wrestling memorabilia, signed sports memorabilia, anything you need or want. They have it there. Best thing is they update daily, so please visit them every day at firstrow.ca. And if you're into video games and books, please visit BossFightBooks.com for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like NBA Jam, Red Dead Redemption, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, and so many others. Everything you see on their websites available in paperback and ebook format, so please check them out at BossFightBooks.com. If you're looking for the best supplements and CBD products, please visit LegacySubs.com. Use promo code THEPODCAST to receive 10% off. They got everything from sleep aid to muscle building, anything that makes you feel great, it is there. This is for everybody, so please visit them. They are Legacy Sports Nutrition at LegacySupps.com. And finally, if you want to support me monetarily and directly, you can visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's device you're listening to on. It's embedded right there in the description. Click on that link. It takes you right to the merchandise store. I got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to travel mugs, phone cases, anything you need or want. It is literally there. But the most important thing, the freest thing, the best thing you should be doing for the podcast each and every week, if you haven't done so already, is rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, most specifically Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So this week's guest is the original Johnny Cage, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Reptile, Smoke, and Noob Sabot from Mortal Kombat, Martial Arts Master Daniel Piscina. Hey, a quick question. Sure. Podcast. Yeah. Are you Italian? No, I'm Portuguese. Oh, oh yeah, we we talked, we spoke about that because I'm I'm from Chicago, right? And it's a big Italian town, you know. Right. So, so I've heard. Dubber, dub bears, double. <laughs> dub podcast. Right. Right. Well, it, it's I, I've explained this before, but since so, so obviously you don't know, it's it's a riff on my last name because. 
the first two letters of my last name are da so that's why and then so it's like the podcast like the like how you just said it or my last name the podcast right so it goes either way yeah it's good it works well yeah but thanks for having me thanks for having me no I really appreciate you being here. Like, this is going to be awesome. Like, the listeners know I love Mortal Kombat. I love mixed martial arts. So this is going to be a fantastic conversation. But before we get into anything, I want to know, how does one get a master status in martial arts? Well, I am, uh, I got my master status. It's old school. So okay. when other masters recognize you have a the mind-body connection, like sure. you're connected, a connectivity, mm-hmm. then they recognize you as a master. You know, nowadays, mm-hmm. you know, people are take a test for it or anything like that. But back back in the day, back in the old older times, <laughs> there was no test. It was the amount of practice and to see if your body can run, uh, how, how efficient your technique is according to who you are. Sure. So it's not like, oh, he can knock over a building. No, for my own personal body structure and body, uh, you know, uh, body ability, mm-hmm. I, I can run, I am running as efficiently as I can possibly can. Oh, wow. That's a, so when did you get into martial arts then? When did this whole journey start? When did you get infatuated by it? How did it all begin? I started martial arts in 1969. Wow. Great year. And, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> for, for two reasons, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, I saw, first I am in the middle. There's okay. two older brothers and one younger brother. My right. younger brother is Raiden. So my older brothers were, are old, are much older. Right. They call, uh, they call me the honeymoon child because there's nine difference in between, in between my, me and my older brothers. And there's eight years difference between me and my younger brother. Wow, so there's, we got a big gap there. Going. <laughs> but, uh, you know, originally because, you know, I, I grew up in a day where there wasn't remote control on your TV. Right. So whenever my big brother wanted the ch- channel changed on the TV, he would ask the one younger than him to change it. Sure. And then the young one younger, who's still older than me, would <laughs> demand that I change it. So they need a glass of milk. I am I'm at the bottom of the food chain. I'm going to go get go get that glass of milk or I'm, I'm throwing out the garbage. I'm doing all anything. I, you know, all the low end jobs. Exactly. So one time I'm watching with my dad on Sunday, there was a, a TV show called Charlie Chan, the detective where this detective oh. stars black and white. He solves these crimes. Okay. And so one time I saw him, he's a short little guy and he's throwing this big guy and sure it was uh, sure, you know, it's stage combat, but still I saw it was a, like, whoa, and my dad's like, Oh, that's judo. You know, my dad oh. learned a little bit of judo serving in the, in the U S army. And so my dad was like, oh, I could show you a move. And so my dad showed me a move and he let me throw him. Right. I probably, after that, I wanted to do it again. I, he said, <laughs> no, I probably wrenched out his back or something sure. like that. <laughs> I was like, man, if I learn this, I can throw my bigger brothers and I won't get like bullied on anymore. Uh, and I wasn't really, they, they wouldn't hit me. Right. You know, they do big brother stuff, you know, tease me or hold me down and try to tickle me with a feather and, you know, in the nose sure. and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but, so I really thought, like, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn martial arts and be able to stand up for myself. So I bugged my dad for martial art lessons for a, for a long time until he finally gave in. And he was like, okay, I'm gonna take that him in for lessons. Oh, that's pretty cool. So uh, you said a judo. What other disciplines have you practiced over the years? Then, um, at the time when I did it, 
you know, again, it's old school. Right. Kind of. When I finally got my black belt in judo, I could not wear a black belt. Oh. Because to wear a black belt back in those days, you had to be 18 years old. You had to be able to drive. You had to be able to serve your country. You had to be able to pay for your own lessons if needed. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, when I received my black belt, I was like 15 or 16 years old. You know, so they were like, no, you got to wait two years to wear your black belt. So, you know, there I studied that. And then uh, I started when I was younger. My dad lied about my age to get me in the classes (laughs) because they didn't really have kids classes they had teenager classes but those were people who were 15 16 17 i'm coming in at 10 11 years old but but the connection was the guy was learned it in the military and my dad's military and somehow they got around to to talking about that and since they both served he was like yeah i'll try your try out your son sure so i did some uh shodokan karate and shodokan jujitsu back back then a little bit so, uh, yeah, that's how it all started. Wow. And now you practice Wushu Kung Fu? What exactly is this? I've, I've, obviously, I've heard of Kung Fu, but what's the Wushu part about it? Uh, wushu is actually the technical term, uh, the, the Mandarin term for martial art. Wu means oh. war, and sure means art or method. So it means martial art. So if you do Taekwondo, you do Korean Wushu. You know, or okay. if you practice Japanese jujitsu, you use you're doing Japanese wushu. So it's just a general term. Kung fu actually means skill and time, or skill over time, or or something like if you're a good chef, you have kung fu. Mm. Or if you're a car mechanic, you have air kung. Fu. Gotcha. Or if you're a good sales guy, you got kung fu. <laughs> yeah. So that that's basically a general term. So I studied a bunch of different Chinese martial arts eventually. Oh, wow, that's awesome and cool to hear. And how about, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. What's your favorite martial art then? I like the, uh, I like, uh, for internal martial arts, I like an art called Bagua Zhang. And if you're a geek and like last, and like the last airbender, it's the style of the last airbender. Oh, okay. It's the style they gave him. Uh, And then uh, I really like the Northwestern martial arts where where Dongbei, Piqua, uh, Fan Zichuan, Baji. Uh, so, you know, if people look them up, they can get a view of what they are. They look total. they're really, really old. So these martial arts are, date back, like, some of them, like, uh, Chou Zhao, uh, uh, foot poking, okay. which is, uh, which is like a, a lot of kicking with hand techniques. Like, in Chinese martial arts, everything is, is mixed already. So Chou Zhao has... 60 or 70% kicking, mm-hmm. 20, 25% striking, and the rest is grappling or and groundwork. Okay. So all the Chinese martial arts have some kind of, of mix, what they call mix today. But back then it was just for war. So mm. it's more just for, you know, for war out. Yeah, because obviously back in the old, and we were talking about way back in the day when there wasn't even guns yet, where it was everything hand-to-hand combat, right? Yeah, yeah, hand-to-hand weapons, archery, things that like too, that. Yeah. And uh, I got—I was fortunate enough to study with a couple of masters who actually used their their, you know, not that anybody should go out and be violent or anything like <laughs> sure. that. But a couple of my masters uh, have taken lives with their hands. Oh wow! You know, they're gone now, but you know, yeah. If you look at my bio, you can see some of the names and uh, some of the people who are heavily into Chinese martial arts are like, oh, that guy was really good, or. Or yeah, he was known to not be 
good-natured. Oh, man. Well, you said it too. You Weapons and stuff. You also work with weapons, and you post videos dealing with weapons. What are some of your favorite weapons? I like... Uh, I like uh, Meow Dao, which is... Um, okay. Looks like a big samurai sword. Oh, okay. Sure. So, uh, like a five-foot samurai sword, which is really, uh, really cool because you would think that the, it's a big weapon that is good far away, but really its main purpose is close in. Mm. So, and, and then, uh, and it's considered like an exotic weapon. A lot of people are starting it into and uh, Meow Dao, M-I-A-O. So if they look that up, they'll, they'll find it. Or Bien, which is uh, a short stick. But the thing, how it first developed was, in Chinese martial arts, spear is king of all weapons. Okay. So if your spear breaks, you're just stuck with the bottom half of the spear. And they, those guys, being the generals and the guys who have the best skill, made a completely different weapon with this short broken staff. Oh, so wow. it's, it's, it, when you see it, it's pretty cool. It looks it looks kind of like uh, people who do a scrimmer are like, oh, it looks kind of like a scrimmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but naturally, it's probably uh, a couple thousand years old, older than that. But yeah, but that because of the base came different, you know, the base. But the movement is kind of uh, similar with with that. And then naturally, like, like the Bagua weapons, yeah. you know, deer horn knives, judge's pen. Um uh, a weapon that I really enjoy is uh, rope dart, which I gave the scorpion later on. So, oh, yeah. gotcha! Yeah, yeah, that's actually a pretty cool one. I, I have to admit, to be able to control it the way you guys do it, oh, that that that's pure skill. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's a fun weapon. Yeah, and it looks great. Like I said, and okay, how about favorite mover sequence? You know, for mover sequence, it's always. Yeah, in Bagua, old school Bagua, they have a form called Swimming Dragon. Oh. But it's but it's not a set form. Okay. And every day it can change. It's just a freestyle form. And the form is developed so you can throw continuous techniques without really getting a break. Mm-hmm. And that way you're kind of like, it would be like, oh, uh, having a, you know, a hundred round magazine capacity on a weapon, on a firearm. Sure. You know, so, uh, you know, so beginner forms, eight or nine. So you got to reload and then shoot it. So higher forms, uh, you know, you can, you can be attacking all day long. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool indeed. Now, do you teach any of this stuff? Are you a teacher yourself or do you just practice on your own time? No, no, I teach it in uh, Chicago. I have a school in Chicago. Look at my website, plug. Uh, No, plug it, go ahead. Yeah, Master Piscina's Martial Arts, otherwise... You know, you go to Instagram, you get a little bit of entertainment, and I like to teach on there too, Master Deep Asina, uh, at on Instagram. So yeah, I teach it, and then I, I try to practice something every day, whether it's for 10 minutes or for two or three hours. But every day I try to just get something in. Have you ever competed professionally? Yeah, I competed professionally oh, okay. in uh, 1971. I won third place in the... Uh, junior AAU Junior Olympics. Okay. So yeah, so since then uh, I've competed uh, in in the U.S. and international. I uh, I did a invitational tournament, which was only open to people who had uh, known instructors. 
Okay. You know what I mean? If you had a famous instructor, they'd invite you to this tournament, and there I I, I competed in different things, uh, got five gold gold medals, which was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, there. Uh, yes, I think it, you know, for a martial artist, you could do it for yourself, but right. competition streamlines your focus. So not all, all the time is, you know, sport fighting or things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you do it once in a while and make it like you're a goal, you know, because then you're, you know, you're running to cut weight, you know, you're, you're cross training, you're trying to get stronger. So mm-hmm. it kind of could uh, elevate your martial arts skill. If you don't get sidetracked, because okay. then, you know, sport martial art is really developed for sport. It's okay to break a guy's jaw. It's not okay to kill the guy. Right. You know, so there there are two different, you know, different things. So, you know, you could do sport for a while, but know that that is a sport and it has safety precautions. Of course. You know, uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of sport, are you a fan of, like, any combat sports on TV, like MMA or boxing or anything? I like to watch it. I don't know, follow it enough to know the people. Okay. But sure. actually, it's, it, I like to watch it too. They're in great shape. They move pretty good too. When I'm usually watching it, I'm having beers or, or whiskey with my friends. Sure. <laughs> pizza. I love pizza. You can bribe me with pizza. Or, you, know, you know, so I usually do that. I think, I, I think it's really cool to watch. Cool to watch. Uh, you know, not a big fan sometimes of the, uh, the martial, uh, how can you call it? The etiquette, you know. Sure, like the showboating and stuff like that. Yeah, because uh, you know when you study a traditional martial art, sure. uh, like my master who 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 did take open challenges and did kill people was right. like you never do that because you you don't know what they're going to do. You have to stay serious. They are dangerous. If you're meeting them face to face, they're really dangerous. They deserve your respect. Mm. You disres- you let down your guard with disrespect, and they will kill you. And so, sport martial art has the luxury that sure you only get defeated, you don't get dead. But when you tra- you know what I mean, I'm like, oh man, you guys really need to get back to to having respect for your for your opponent because they earn the right to be in the ring with you, even if you could defeat them easily or if you win, they're not you know they're not, it, it, they could get lucky and it could turn. Or they can have skill and they can turn. So best not to, you know, best not to go down that path. No, and I see both sides of it because uh, I understand why it is the way it is because you can't have, you can't, it's hard, like like how they say, controversy makes money. So you want people at odds. You want people being disrespectful because then that draws in more eyes. It's just the way the product's built because it's entertainment in the end. That's the way they look at it, right? As much as they say it's sport, I, I even think like even all the other pure sports like basketball, football, soccer, it's all entertainment now. It's all about bringing in people's eyes, putting butts in the seats, money, exactly, right? So they have to put that on, for example. But then you still have like, I'm a huge Brazilian jiu-jitsu fan and they still have those grappling matches where it's like sort of amateurish style where it's all about the sport and you don't see any of that show one and stuff like that. And I find every once in a while it's refreshing to watch some of those events too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it, it is just... You know, uh, yeah, it, it, I think that's the whole magic of that. It's it is entertainment and it has roots in in a traditional style, and right. it's good to cross over. Everybody's good to cross over. You know, I, or learning. If you're not learning, you're dying. You know, I mean, you mean that's what I say. Physically, but your mind dies. You know what I mean? Yep. Your Alzheimer sets in. You know, uh, things like that when you get older. So you want to keep your mind busy. You know, whether you're reading or yes. or 
physical activity, do something that keeps you thinking. No, it's so true. Now, how about any like major injuries over the years? Have you suffered anything? I have a full knee replacement and I have a resurfaced hip. Oh, no. So, so, yeah. So, you know, when you, uh, so when everybody's watching these, these videos, if you go to my site, remember I'm 64 years old. Right. And I have a knee replacement and a hip replacement. And then comment, then when you see me move, be like, holy cow. Right. You know what I mean? I think, I think you will be a little impressed that, you know, somebody with two artificial limbs can still move because it you know that's the thing it's the will Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's the body and the will and your mind human body can you know do so much has so much potential human mind also has so much potential people need to tap into that you know yeah no it's so true now how about this what's one piece of advice you would offer someone if they were looking into getting any sort of mixed martial art If you're going to get in any martial arts, I would say find an instructor that you can get along with. Mm. You know, if if you take if you take a class and you don't get along with the instructor, don't don't do it. You know, you need somebody who your your personality will match their personality. Otherwise, you're just going to be you're going to be like, oh, I tried martial arts, but I quit. You know, and and with martial arts too. You know, if if you want to taste it. If you want to taste the flavor of it, mm. you have to do more than three or four years. Oh. If you if you think in three or four years that you can get the basics of any martial art, one, it's probably not deep. Two, if it is deep, you will be that. My instructor said, if you get this move right away, you will be the first one in three thousand years. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, so, yeah. and, you know, because he's, they're Chinese and they're, the, the martial art is that old. Exactly. And he's like, oh, it, it, you know, it's true refinement. That's what makes it, that what calms the temp, temper. You know, that's what gives it that respect is all of a sudden you, you, you're working, you work hard for it. So when you work hard for something, you usually value it a little bit more. Yeah, no, that's so true. And another form of martial art entertainment, in my opinion, is movies. I love martial arts movies. I don't know if you're a fan of them as well, if you could suspend disbelief, because I know when you sort of practice something, you sort of find all the like little stuff that they miss, and you're like, oh, they didn't do it that way. But if you're able to suspend disbelief, are you a fan of martial arts movies? Man, I will. I pay for martial art movies. Oh, okay, good. Even if they're bad, I will still <laughs> pay for it or still watch it, and right. I will not. Usually, unless... Unless we're doing an interview and they ask me, hey, particularly, how about this or that? And sure. I could comment, oh, this or that slightly, but not really going after the martial artist. Because when you're making a movie, it could be the director, it That's could be true. the cinematographer, it could be the editor. There's so many factors that can make that martial arts, even though he could be a genius, make him look bad. But but as a whole, I try to, anything martial arts, I try to watch. I've even, you know, recently I've been watching some YouTube videos of guys who hardly know any martial arts, but they're <laughs> okay. but they're but they're parkour because I have a student oh, on core gym sure. out in uh, Colorado. Uh, Travis Lee, look look him up. He has got a huge uh, parkour gym. Dude. I think it's like ten thousand square feet out oh, in wow. Colorado. But anyway, so sometimes you know I'm like, hey, he's like, hey, what do you think of these guys? You know, they their parkour is really good. I was like, yeah, they, uh, you know, for him it's just kind of personal. Oh, they're sure. they're this, but they re- should take a few martial art lessons to try to figure out what they're doing with the, the weapon or their hands or feet like that. Cause it's a little bit more. And sometimes, you know, you want just a little bit more. 
Yeah, it's true. Well, some of my favorite, like, uh, I'm sure this is almost on everyone's list. And this is what grew me in to wanting to like martial arts. And even at one point in my life, wanting to be one was Bloodsport. When I saw that as a child, that blew my mind. And then after I saw Kickboxer as well, just that whole Jean-Claude Van Damme era when he first came out, just blew my friggin' mind. Yeah, I still watch his stuff that he comes out with today. <laughs> Speaking of horrible, there, yeah. Even yeah, they're really entertaining. Even as okay. a martial artist, he's not that skilled, right? But but you know he's getting paid, so I'm going to support him. You know what I mean? Good for him. Let him do that stuff, and I'm going to watch every and like every single video he ever does. Oh, so what are some of your favorites over the years that you've watched? Um, things like uh, oh, more old school, like Five Deadly Venoms. Oh, okay, that's going back. Yeah, Thirty Six Chambers. You of know, course. Uh, you know, a lot of the uh, Donnie Yen movies I enjoy, the Jet Li movies, yep. you know, the uh, Tony Ja movies. I like all, you know, uh, the Raid. You, you can, uh, as as a as a martial artist, they're really done. You know, you're not looking at every single move. You're looking at the way they put it together. Sure. So at least for me, so it's mm-hmm. not you know when they put it together well, I really really enjoy it. No, that's cool. Well, and speaking of movies, you were also in a movie, the second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, as a foot soldier. How did all that come about? Uh, me, myself, and Ho Sung and the guy who played Kano were at a tournament called Battle of Atlanta. Okay. And they were recruiting people to be in a in a movie. They didn't say what movie. Sure. But but us three we made a pack. We we're like, if somebody comes up and approaches one of us for the movie, we're gonna say, hey, thank you. I know two other guys who'd be really good in the movie. Okay. You know, so uh, uh, through there, uh, that day, Hosung won the grand championship, so they approached him. And he was like, oh, I know two guys who are really, really good. So he's like, okay, let's t- we'll check them out. Right. So, you know, and two, it was, uh, it was a time where you had to know martial arts really no martial arts to be doing stunts because it wasn't just like, Oh, I know brawling or everything like that. You had to have an eye because when you're, when you're in the turtles costume, there's slits underneath the eyes that you can see out directly in front of you. But you have to remember they're three inches away from your actual eye. Oh, so you can only see things that are directly and exactly directly in front of you. So when we look at that, those movies, you'll see us, the foot soldiers moving around like crazy, like squirrels. Yeah. Because when this guy starts to throw a punch, my job is to jump in the way of it. Oh. So it isn't like, oh, uh, like, so we had choreography. We worked on choreography right. for the movie for, for six weeks. But that all changes when you're in the suit. You got to, like, be able to run into, make the turtle look as best as you can, flip over him, fall down, right. make sure you don't hurt the guy in, in the suit because he does if you even bump into him, he'll fall over because he doesn't see you coming. Right. He cannot see you. So, it, it, yeah, every, everything is a lot more complicated then than it is now. Well, it, and now I was going to bring that up too, the whole costume thing. Like how awkward and how cumbersome and how many takes did it take to get through all that? Like, you know what I mean? It sounds like it, it was a little bit more difficult than your straight up, I guess, action scenes with no costumes. You know, relative, it went, you know, sometimes it would take five or six takes, but it didn't take like 30 takes. Okay. And two, when we're filming it, we have to film, it's it's old school. So if the fight set has 14 moves, exchanges, 
we have to film all 14 moves at one time and then they break it down. Gotcha. It's not like do two moves, three moves, cut. No, you got to do the whole thing and then you get to do that. You know, so the, the, the action was a little bit different back then. Yeah, no kidding. So how many scenes were you in all together? Because obviously you can't tell because you're all wearing masks, but how many do you remember actually being in? Uh, enough where if you had a shot with me, right. you would be hammered. Oh, so, <laughs> okay. That's a good way of describing I it. Love it. I am in a lot of scenes. I am in a lot of scenes. I would say at least three quarters of the scenes I'm in there. Okay, and now I got to know, since I'm sort of an 80s, 90s baby, were you in any scenes with Vanilla Ice? Because he was huge back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got to meet Vanilla Ice, and we, you know, we, uh, you know, when he when when he came in, we almost got in a fight with his bodyguards. Oh no! Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah. One um, one of the guys, Michael Angelo, who's okay. only like, he's like live. He's like four ten. Oh wow! With the, with the suit on, he's only like five one. Right. You know, with the foam and stuff like that. So Vanilla Ice walks out, and he's dressed in the full suit, and he goes to give Vanilla Ice a hug, and okay. his bodyguard right. palms, him, palms him in the head. Oh, man. Come on. Man, dude. Well, uh, you know what? We uh, There's like 18, 18 martial artists, like right. tournament-quality martial artists. We jumped up. We almost we almost went to fist. The oh fight choreographer, Pat Johnson, right. was like, guys, don't do that. You know, and then he took him, Pat took him to the side and say, hey, what, you know, what are you doing? You know, he's in, you know, it's no threat. He's in a freaking, you know, $30,000, you know, (laughs) at which 1980, you know, 89 or something like that. Right. You know, which is a lot of money back then. He's in that suit. You know, don't be messing with him. He's just friendly. Yeah, no kidding, man. Oh, it is what it is, I guess. That's crazy. Yeah, that guy would have took a, took a, a beating. Because, too, even though he was a big guy, you could tell by the way he moved. I was like, dude, don't worry. You're going to get yours. You you know, it's cool that you can brawl, but this is not the same. Yeah, exactly. It's not like you guys are just some extras like in any other movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, the meat and potatoes, my friend. Mortal Kombat. Everyone knows one of my favorite video game franchises of all time. I've been a fan since the beginning. Again, this is no not blowing smoke up your ass or anything, but people know Johnny Cage is my favorite character. I, there's, there's just something from the from part one to part two, and I, I know they killed him off after for a little bit, but then he came back again, but that's fine. But it's like, I don't know, that character, I just gravitated. Again, it's that whole martial arts, because Liu Kang was cool too, but Johnny Cage, again, had that flair, had that like something about him that just gravitated me towards him. And I'm sorry, the coolest move in, on earth is the splits, Nut shot. Come on, man. What, what's better than that? Yeah. It, it, again, it was... Uh, Mortal Kombat was a really good experience, you know? So, how did it all begin? How did that all go down? Because, again, you're from Chicago. Midway was Chicago. So, was this all happenstance or was this all, like, you know what I mean? How did it all go down? Um, so, my brother, uh, Carlos, who does Raiden, besides okay. doing martial arts, he draws. Oh. He's an artist. Okay. Uh, he's a graphic artist. He just retired from uh, Warner Brothers uh, NetherRealm. But uh, but he used to draw with a friend who was named John Tobias. Oh, there who, it is. Okay. Yeah, so 
uh, I was done with Turtles, and John called me up and he said, hey, congratulations on Turtles. And then he was like, remember when we were younger and we wanted to do kung fu movies where I would get, like, a camera and we would try to do kung fu movies? Right. You know, we'd be the director and, and you know, and that. And I was like, yeah. He's like, you know what? I got an idea for a video game. Okay. I wanted the, it to be a fighting game, but people who know how to fight. Mm. There was another game at the time, uh, Pit Fighter, but they didn't really know how to fight. They were big guys, but they... Their movement was a little clumsy. And then there's Street Fighter, right. which is a cool game, too. Both of them are cool games. But when, you know, Ken and Ryu or, or any of the characters fight, you can tell that the martial art is not real. Nobody would kick that way. You'd break your leg. Yeah, I you see what, what you're mean? saying. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, man, too, I played those games. So I was just like, oh, man, that, this would be so cool. Right. And he's like, what do you need? What, what do you need? And he's like, well, I can't pay you too much. Okay. But, and two... Not, nothing like this has ever been done. He's like, so you will help me create this game and, you know, you help me create this game and you'll get credit for creating it. And also, oh, wow. uh, yeah, at that time, right. at that time, later on, that agreement left. But anyway, gotcha. so, um, yeah, so he was like, you know, we're going to create this game together. It'll be really cool. It's a filler game. There's only going to be 200 arcade cabinets done. And I was like, okay, what do we need to do? He goes, come into my office, sneak. And he's like, I was like, uh, at that time I was training for a tournament still. And I was like, okay, I'll I'll swing in, you know, what time? (laughs) And he's like, come in after 8 p.m. And I was like, can we do it earlier because I'm training? And he's (laughs) like, no, I I don't want anybody to know Uh my idea until... And uh, until I presented to them, right. I was like, oh, yeah, I could totally see that because, you know, a little bit in the movie business, I could already tell that people kind of take your ideas and things like that. Sure. And, you know, you got to be if you want credit, you know, you got to guard it sometimes. So mm-hmm. so we went to his work and it was myself and I bought uh, Rich and Carlos uh, to I choreographed some fight scenes and we did some forms, kata kun uh, movements. Uh, uh, on videotape and then he had some drawings and we looked at the drawings and he presented those to Midway. Okay. So then he calls me up. They like the idea because they want him. They want to meet. He's like, if you have any good ideas, bring any good ideas. Cause this is our pitch. Mm-hmm. We're going to be in front of a manager and pitch this game. And I was like, okay, okay. So I show up. Uh, with my brother, and you know, my idea was to take the Japanese lin- uh, Japanese ninjas and turn them into the Chinese Lin Kuei. Mm. And the way they look, I was like, don't make them look like Japanese ninjas anymore. It would be really cool because nobody's ever done this before. Right. And then, and then I showed uh, John uh, later. On I showed him a book with drawings in it and stuff like that about the Lin Kuei. Mm. And, and then John was, and I was like, John, you have to put this in, otherwise, I I will not help you make this game and he's like okay he's like uh, i'll make sure that the if we do this game that you know uh, they're not japanese ninjas they'll be chinese lin kuei and you know and i was like yeah because they they embrace mysticism and the martial arts and kind of it uh, uh they're they're fictitious characters but they're legendary you know they're legendary right. exactly yeah yeah lin kuei and it actually means uh forest ghost mm. So when you're traveling through the forest, they're the creepy guys who jump out and 
take your money or, you know, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. or, and can fight. So, you know what I mean? So they are, they are, yeah. So we had this meeting with this guy, uh, who wound up to be Ed Boone oh. and, and originally we did the pitch and I asked him, what do you think? And he kind of just, he tightened his lip and he didn't say anything. <laughs> and then I got a call the next day saying, no, they're not going to, they're not going to do our game. Okay. Because they like the idea of a fighting game. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to do a fighting game uh, with Jean-Claude Van Damme. There it is. And then I was just like, they're not going to do our game. Make sure they don't use the Lin Kuei. Mm-hmm. Because that's, I wanted, you know what I mean? This was for something for me to be into it. If you have something with Van Damme, he's awesome. He could come up with his own stuff. <laughs> but I don't work for the company. I didn't want him to use like that idea. Of course. So later on, uh, he called me up. Uh, John called me up and said, hey, that thing with uh, John claude Van Damme fell through. I was like, what happened? And he's this, he's like, he was talking around and said, John claude Van Damme actually wanted money. He doesn't want a percentage. He wow. wants money and a percentage oh, wow. because he's hot at the time. Of course. You know, Universal Soldier, you know, that's an awesome movie. Yep. Uh, um, so he was like, so they're going to let us do our 200 cabinets. And then he, I was like, okay, what do we do? He's like, come in tomorrow, wear your sweats, <laughs> and we're going to try to figure this out. Right. So I showed up, and for five or six, eight to ten hour days, we started shooting martial art moves wow. for for the game. He yeah. set up his dad's camera and literally looked at me and said, do something cool. <laughs> and that's how it all started. You know, and because I did Kung Fu right away, instead of doing like just punches, I started doing Kung Fu combinations. Yeah. And later on, they were like, oh, that old combinations, you know, having these types of combinations, not, they didn't look anything like Street Fighter. They kind of had their own thing. We we really tried to, the game we wanted didn't come out like the game that came out. We wanted to to, uh, have it look like there was another game called was it called dragon slayer okay yes i know what you're so we about. wanted the cutscenes to look like dragon layer we oh. wanted to have those in between the in between the fighting okay you know and when we were pitching the game to ed we talked about mm-hmm. we talked about blood and being in the game we talked about uh secret characters we talked about oh that's uh, from the beginning yeah cool. uh, yeah we we really when i watch the game now even uh as far as uh 10, I really didn't see that much 11. But when I seen 10, I was like, oh, we had that idea. I, yeah, I had that idea in the first game. Oh, look but at that. Because of the technology, a lot of things <laughs> didn't come out, you know? Exactly. Tag teams. We wanted tag teams. We wanted x-rays. Yes. You know, later on, they came out tag teams, x-rays. That's we cool. Secret characters they came out with. Yeah, you you know, uh, the first game, uh, I, I wanted three uh, three fatalities. I didn't want one fatality. I wanted three fatalities. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, you know, them having a bunch of different fatalities, yeah, no, yeah. that's not a new idea. That was, you know, back in the day, uh, we had that. that, for the first game, we had that idea. Wow, that's so cool to hear. Yeah, because I know the fatalities came after as well, but I didn't know, like, the secret ter- characters, these guys all had that plan from the beginning, because, like I said, did you know that Reptile was going to be part of the ninjas as well, along with Smoke and Noob, and, like, it seems like all the secret characters in the first two, at least, were, were all ninjas. What happened was we ran out of time because we didn't know what we were doing. We took about oh. three. The project was supposed to be done in eight months. Oh, wow. 
three months is with what the character would later on be called Johnny Cage. Gotcha. And when we started, he didn't have a name. It was just Danny. You know, that <laughs> okay. character's name was my name. Right, you right. know what I mean? You know, all, you know, when they were testing it, oh, Danny's going to fight Danny. Because right. there was only, there was only, there, there was no other characters at the beginning testing it. You know, so, but with that, I carved out like the whole pathway to the game. Even when I see behind the scenes now, I was like, oh, I came up with that idea. Or, oh, I, mm. I developed that idea. So, you know, a lot of, because again, it's a 2D fighting game. So, you know, you don't think of things and you get obstacles. Sure. You know, all of a sudden you have an obstacle and then we had to think of a way to overcome that obstacle. And then we're thinking like while we're doing it, we're like, oh, it'd be cool to do this or that. And we, you know, an, an example is, you know, for, for uh, oh, let me address the secret character. So we wanted more characters in it, but the time was running out. Oh. So John was like, we're going to do a palette swap. You know, because that'll same. So you just need to think of a basic stance and then think of some other specialty moves. And then we'll move it. And then that way we don't have to shoot everything. We're going to use that and we're just going to call us out. And then, he, and then I was like, okay. And then John was like, you know what? But if we have a lot more time for the game, why don't you create three more Lin Kuei? Oh. Because at the time, at the time they weren't the Shuru Ryu or anything they had. That sure. came out later when all of a sudden it blew up and they got money to develop that story. Yeah. Right now we're talking about like there's no money for <laughs> that one. Yes. You know, and John Tobias's dad's camera. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, wow. you know, I was like, okay, I'll create three more Lin Kuei just in case you have time to do that. So that is, you know, uh, that is the beginning of the whole concept uh, of, of that. That is so cool. And now again, Johnny Cage, where did he come from? Johnny Cage, what happened was, originally that character was inspired by Daniel Rad Iron Fist. Oh. So that's the way it started. And then close to the end, John was like, hey, we'll, you know, we want to, we want to throw in a parody of, of Jean-Claude Van Damme. And I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> well, yeah, because I like Jean-Claude Van Damme, but sure. his martial arts are, you know, compared to me, uh, even at that time, he's not good right you know sure he's flexible but i'm flexible too because I can do <laughs> and everything like that but yeah, um yeah. <laughs> but i was like no i'm not gonna do it and he's like just do one move okay and i was like no and he's like i will buy you an extra large pizza ah there it is <laughs> and then i was like i looked at him like tonight you'll buy me an extra large pizza tonight he's like i will i'll order it right now and he's like just do the split and then we'll do the Little did I know that I was going to have to do it like 50, 60 times because we needed to do it different ways to see how it would turn out. Mm -hmm. Not only the movement, but the shadows and the way, make sure it wouldn't affect the hitbox too much. Sure. And, you know, all this technical stuff. So it was like, uh, so I wound up doing the splits like 50, 50, 60 times. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. How about the fatalities? Did you have a role in coming up with some of the fatalities in the first two as well? Yeah, yeah. When we okay. were filming... When we were doing movement and we're filming, because John and I, you know, at the time there was nothing for the programmer to look at. So it was just John and I for making the actual pathway to the game. Mm -hmm. So right now, nobody else is involved. No Ed Boone or no Carlos or no Rich. Nobody's involved in the game, just John and I. Sure. And so, you no, know, John's like, take a look at this. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, I was like, 
I'm just standing there. Mm. He goes, yeah, you can't just stand there. That's the way the game ends. He goes, you got to think of some way to finish him. Mm. We got to think of a finishing move and something like that. And I'm like, yeah, it'd be, I was like, oh, it'd be cool if I jumped up in the air and then I punched a hole <laughs> in the guy's head and I pulled it out and he turned toward the camera and he had a hole in his head. Right. And so we were like, okay, let's try to film that. And then when we filmed it, we looked at it and we we're like, man, that's a little long. Uh, <laughs> to do all that movement sure. what would you do next and then I was like oh man what happens if when his power level drop dr- drops his life bar drops he drops to his knee and then I just brutalize him mm. and later on that would be called a brutality right. and so we shot that and he's like that was pretty cool but that's a little long too <laughs> because again there's Photoshop so every frame that we get you know the programming and the and the art uh, the graphic artwork it takes the longest because those are times that, you know time it, that requires a lot of time right. like the skill to get there required a lot of time so okay. it wasn't like oh you could get anybody to do it you know what i mean so mm-hmm. everything was ta- everything you know took time in the front end or the back end and there mm-hmm. you know my job was in the front end and their job was in the back end so then i was just like what if i just knock his head off and then he's like, let's finish that. Let's look at that. So I knocked his head off, uh, which later on became also the uppercut. But, uh, but yeah, I knocked his head off. And then he was, he was like, cool, we'll, we'll, we'll see if one of those works. He goes, you know, uh, we'll see wh- which one will work. And, you know, pretty soon we're going to have to, uh, you know, take a look at what we've developed and see what adjustments we need to start creating the game. Mm. Yeah. So as far as for the first game, uh, Sonya Blades... Uh, Kiss of Death is my creation. Oh, I was like, I was like, you know, John would be like, oh, what? We need a special move or something like that. So I, at the beginning, I would be either coming up with a special move or working with the actors to come up with the special moves. Oh, ah, okay, that makes sense. You know what I mean to be like, oh, because too, it was like, hey, we've already done this. We wanted each character to really look different. So, you know, so that way when a a person came in, he wouldn't do the same moves as the character before. We could change it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I throw the kick like this so it looks a little different or do this a little bit different so everybody looks just a little bit different. So, you know, I was like, oh, Sonya has to give the kiss of death. And then John is like, we can't do that. She can't kiss them. And I looked at him. I was like, John, you had Rich rip rip somebody's heart out. I hate it. (laughs) Time he took a bite of it, and, uh, but oh wow! And, uh, but you know what I mean. And then Carlos has fried a person, right? You know, and, and we like lit a person, and she can't kiss somebody. Oh my goodness! And he's like, no, we she, you know, she cannot kiss anybody. Wow. And then I was like, wow, you know, so we can have all this violence, but we can't have anybody kissing. That's so I hilarious. was just like, you know what? What if she kisses her hand and blows it, and it looks like a butterfly, and it hits them, and they blow up in flames? Beautiful. And I was like. We'll do that. So, you know, with, with that, uh, with with that, that's you know, part of the uh, part of the history. So every time I see Sonya do her kiss of death, I start laughing because I was like, oh yeah, because th- those stories. A lot of the special moves when I see them, mm-hmm. I start laughing because stories come up of how we created them. Oh no, most definitely. Well, one question at, or poll that's always seems to come about when re- revolving around Mortal Kombat is. Scorpion or Sub Zero? Now you played both. Come on, you got to lay it on me. Who is better? The original Sub Zero or 
originally, <laughs> when we're creating the idea, Scorpion and Sub-Zero are brothers. Oh. So Scorpion murders the father to take hold of the clan, and then in a duel, Sub-Zero, to uphold the honor of the family, kills Scorpion. Mm. So I always like this idea of Sub-Zero because he, gotcha. he didn't kill his dad. You know, later on, they changed the story according to, you know, the franchise and how they can, you know, they wanted to develop the story, uh, too. They can't really come up with the story that that I help with because later on, you know, IP, intellectual property, you know, a lot of, that's where the sticking point later on came out. Sure, yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Yeah, but to me, I it's hard because I sort of like the way Scorpion is regularly in gameplay, but I just love Sub-Zero's fatalities. Like, that's what always... Like, you know what? They're so cool. Like, ripping off his head and the spine being attached. Come on. That's just classic. Yeah, yeah. And those two, if you look at it, even though you can't technically do that, even though Predator did it, right. I was like, you know, you can't just grab it and go like this. Grab it and pull it towards you. I was like, if you're going to rip out the spine <laughs> to show people what we, how deep we were thinking, I was like, you'd have to grab the head and yank it straight up True. so that way the spine would come out intact so a lot of these stuff had a lot of different thoughts into it it wasn't just like oh we're just going to do that everything is like thought thought through yeah and you were involved in part two to me that's my favorite mortal Kombat. but i think one two and three are just to me perfect fighting games like i love them all for their own different ways because one was because it introduced me to the series obviously two it was such an upgrade and such a fresh breath of fresh air because like you said there was more fatalities there was babalities there was friendships so many secrets there was uh stage fatalities like all this extra stuff bundled in there and i don't know i i just i fell off after for whatever reason but in your opinion which one do you like the most out of all of them that you were a part of i like the first one because it is the first one okay that's you know what i mean it- even though you had two because they get they put more money towards it of course well, you could tell you know, you mentioned friendship. When I mentioned blowing to Liz, who played Sonia, mm-hmm. when I mentioned her kissing the kiss of death to her, she turned to us and said, "Why do I have to kill them? Why can't uh-huh. I just give them a flower and be friends?" <laughs> you know, why do we have to fight? Right. And then so we all laughed. But later on, in number two, there was a friendship that she came up. She came up with that idea. So. So when I see two, awesome. sure, it's great and stuff like that, but it is because of one. You know, one fueled all this, fueled all the jokes, fueled all this stuff to 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 continue. So I like the way two looks and plays, but my favorite one is one because it is the first one. Now, did you think in back then when you guys were coming up with these ideas that it would blow up to what it is today 30 years later and still going strong? No, no. Again, you know, when we do it, we didn't even think it was going to go out into a home system. Oh, that's right. Good point. Yeah, we were doing 200 cabinets, and that's the reason why they let me create it, because it wasn't going to go far, you know. Mm. Later on, uh, you know, it wasn't, you know, I'm on the side of the first game, because the night before they were going to start making the cabinets, Tom was like, oh, I got to, I got to put you know, Danny on the side of the game because if he, without him, I wouldn't be able to have this game. Wow. You know, so he was like, Hey, he called me up. He's like, can you come in tomorrow? I was like, what, what's up? He's like, I want to put you on the side of the game as thank you. He goes, this thing, he goes, you did 
so much work on this game. You you really deserve to be on this side of the game. Oh, I was like, awesome. thanks, Don. I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's a little nice. Side of the game, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And, okay, and now also talking about martial arts movies. Did you enjoy the Mortal Kombat movies, the first two originals, and now the remake? I thought the first, my thing with the first one was, you know, and I could understand it. They, you know, it's, it's a, it's money. So I, I wanted it to be darker. I wanted the first one to have fatalities. Ah, me too. That was my only thing about I mean, it. You're right. And I can understand that they wanted a P, PG-13 thing. They could get more ticket sales and stuff yeah. like that in the end. So that's my only complaint about the first Mortal Kombat, that it was here. not dark enough. You know, in the second dark enough, second Mortal Kombat movie, I thought it was just, dude, you guys just want money. Yeah. I, didn't really, I didn't really enjoy it, you know. So yeah, and then and the new one, I thought the first fighting scene was really good, and I thought the rest was kind of, for me, it was rushed a little bit okay. because I, I, you know, we're in pandemic, you know, but sure. I was just like really, you know, it just felt like, you know, the first first fighting scene was so good, and then it felt like all the other fighting scenes were kind of rushed, 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 or didn't they didn't know have a vision of where they were going, at least for me. No, that's true. Did you ever want to play Johnny Cage on the big screen back then? You know what? They did kind of approach us. Oh, okay. You know, but they were selling the rights to somebody else. Okay. You know, we filmed some things for the producer, like fight sequences and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I think uh, one of them is on, like, if you look back, there's a, a fighting, fighting set with myself, my brother, Rich and Tony Kung Lao uh, okay. filmed in Vegas, mm-hmm. and that was filmed. I designed that specifically for the producer of Mortal Kombat movie to look at. Oh wow! So yeah, yeah. but uh, again, they, uh, hmm. you know, they sold it to somebody else. They, sure. you know, so we never got to uh, got to be in, got to be in the movie. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, shit. One of those what ifs, I guess. Right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, before we get to the word story of the week, and we wrap this up. Again, another thing that comes with Mortal Kombat, you're able to attend a ton of cons and expos. How was that experience? And did you ever think this was going to be like something back then too? Like, you know what I mean? Where you can still go out and you still get to meet with the original cast members too and all that stuff. Like, how cool is that? Man, it is so cool. I never thought of it. And two, I never, (laughs) you know, the first one, you know, uh, just because, you know, later on when we split, you know, after Mortal Kombat 2, I wasn't in Mortal Kombat 3. And, right. you know, Mortal Kombat 3, they took out the characters that I had main development with, Johnny Cage, Scorpion, and Sub-Zero. If you look at the first, that, you know, later on, they bring them back, but because the numbers were so bad that they had to put them back in there. But, right. you know, uh, I didn't have a lot to do with, uh, you know, didn't talk about Mortal Kombat at all. I was like, nah, I got screwed on that deal. Uh, they made promises. They never paid me, you know. Right. So I never, you know, I was just like, I'm done with that. But, you know, I got a call from a group in, in Chile, South America. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so all of a sudden I'm going to South America <laughs> and like, they were like, oh, you're really popular here. And I was like, oh, OK. When I get there, all of a sudden I was signing autographs from about nine o'clock in the morning to eleven o'clock at night. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was just like, oh, my God. That's crazy. So cool. Right. Who would have thought? Yeah. Wow. So well, what's some of your best experiences at these cons? Like in terms of whatever reason for like the fans, the event itself, the organizers, what are some of your favorites you've attended over the years? 
uh, really connecting with the fans. You know, I've had fans, uh, uh, fans and, and even celebrities cry when they see me. What? Because it's not that, that it's not me in particular, but I remind them of something in their childhood right. when they used to play with friends, when they used of to play course. with brothers. You know what I mean? Together, yep. same room, and and they were like, "Oh my God, we had such a good time playing that game." And you know, it was it was a different era. It was old guy era. Right. But you know, so when I hear stories like that, it I really enjoy it because you know they're like, "Oh my God," you know. Even sometimes bad times in life, you know, right. I had a guy, a couple of guys actually come up and be like, actually one's a girl, but uh, be like, you know what? I thank you. And I was like, for what? Because my parents were getting divorced or my family was having a hard time and I would go in the basement and you would be there to, and I would play with you, yep. your character. Yep. And it would be my way to escape. And I was just like, holy cow. So it's just it's just what the gaming at that time represented. To- totally different than gaming today. But back then it was like really... It was a huge escape. Like, And yeah. I could contest. I was one of those people. Mad, you like, my childhood wasn't the greatest either. And my two escapes was professional wrestling and video games. And Mortal Kombat was up there because that's how I could let out my aggression in the game, in form of the game. And when people say that uh, uh, real life mimics video games, I don't think so. I think it's the opposite. I think it digresses it. So if you have rage and you take it out in a video game, you don't have rage anymore come in the real life. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like it builds it for you. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. And it's been my experience with the vast amount of people that I've met at these events. You know, uh, I get, oh, I'm a programmer now because of Mortal Kombat. Awesome. Oh, I'm an artist because of Mortal Kombat. Right. Oh, I own the world's largest arcade game. Ar- wow. Arcade because of Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat. Wow. I'm a martial artist because of Mortal Kombat. You know, I own See? my own, I own five schools because of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it's, just, it's so, I think in the end, it, it's awesome. so positive, you know, that back then we could recognize that that was entertainment. That wasn't, you know, really, you know, it's how you grow up. Yeah. That's whole political thing. You know, for me and my family being Hispanic, you know, uh, you know, I know if I hit my brother, my mom would take care of both of us. Right. You know, and my, even my dad would stay away. He'd be like, oh, you know. So it was, it was a different era. So I knew that, you know, according to that, that I don't do violence to other people. Sure. No, no excuses. And kudos to you. You are pretty much immortalized forever as a form of Johnny Cage and the ninjas in the original Mortal Kombat. So that is so awesome. But you ready for the worst story of the week? Yep. Get over here. awesome all right so this week's story comes from georgia university where scientists almost unleashed killer hamsters onto the world well not really but okay so the whole story here so scientists were messing with genome of syrian hamsters but their experiment were awfully went awfully wrong so using gene therapy the researchers attempted to make hamsters friendlier and more docile Yet, they became everything but that. Like, the hamsters turned into ultra-violent, psychopaths were attacking each other, just like feral, like pure, crazy, out-of-this-world type stuff, right? So, why did they conduct these experiments? Because people are probably like, why would they do this to hamsters? And I, I didn't even know this myself, so I actually learned something. Speaking of, if you're not learning, you're dying. Here's one for everyone. Because they wanted to see how switching off their brain's ability to process certain chemicals would affect social behavior... And hamsters are surprisingly similar to that of humans. Look at that, eh? First thing I have to say is 
those scientists need more free time. <laughs> if, if they would have went to the movies and watched Serenity, Firefly, Serenity, the movie, right. they would understand that the PAX was designed to make people docile, but then they came up with these superhuman strength, crazy Reaver guys wow, go, flying around in spaceships, raiding, being pirates and raiding everything and being cannibals. So <laughs> watch more movies because you will learn never do that. Zombies, you'll make zombies or you'll make... That's what I was thinking. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how lucky were? They? Imagine if one escaped and it bit someone, and then it transmitted something, and then, like you said, a zombie. Like, people are afraid of like this and that, and I, I know like global warming is a thing and it's real, and you should be afraid of it. But my whole fear is like scientists doing something crazy where they unleash some kind of plague that ends like humanity. You know what I mean? Yeah, because we were. That's something that you don't even expect, right? You know? It, it, you know, it, it would be just ravage the whole world because by the time that thing spread, it would be, yeah. So, uh, scientists, please take time and watch more movies. <laughs> yeah, well, it's someone in your case, you're lucky because you know how to use weapons. You'd be one of those guys like in Walking Dead that would survive years and years. You know what I mean? Not like, like someone like me, like pure city folk that relies on everyone or everything to do something for me. <laughs> I often, we often, because uh, we're, I'm geeks, I'm a geek. Right. And my, everybody in Mortal Kombat, one and two is a geek. Of course. So, you know, we collected comic books and all that stuff. So I would, we talk about that. Like, what's your favorite zombie? What would you use in a zombie apocalypse? Of course. Or Love that question. Oh, yeah. We have those discussions and deeply. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So I'm going to have to have you back because, yeah, you're a gamer. You're into nerd culture so we'll have to reconnect sometime in the near future and discuss everything that's non mortal combat but in the meantime where could people find you plug your stuff anything you want to promote floor's all yours my friend yeah yeah um facebook it's master piscina uh instagram master d piscina because i can't remember the password for master piscina <laughs> and uh twitter it's master piscina so and my website is www.masterpiscina.com you know, so, you know, reach out to me. Even if you have a question, you just want to say hi, you guys are welcome to leave me a message. Awesome. And for myself, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Finger Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast DAP. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast DAP at gmail.com. Please rewind to the top of the show. Support those fine sponsors because if it helps them out, most definitely helps me out. And most importantly, please rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. One last question before I let you go, Master Piscina. I got to know, you said you love pizza, you're from Chicago. Are you a deep dish guy? I don't discriminate with pizza. The only thing I don't <laughs> Fair like enough. is pineapple. Oh, uh, thank you. Me neither. Yes. Okay, good. No, I, I, it's a new, it's a new, you know, these new pe- kids like pineapple and pizza. I'm old school. There's no pineapple on pizza. Yeah, I'm the I'm the exact same way, and I I I'm not really okay. I shouldn't say uh, I discriminate against pizza, but to me, the perfect pizza has to have good sauce and lots of cheese. Other than that, throw me whatever you want. I'm good with those two things. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Except and yeah, except for anchovies. So no pineapple, no anchovies. There you go. On that note, he's Master Pacina. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace. <laughs>